So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. This week on Sportsgator Wrestling's Inside Cradle, over 45 minutes diving deep into topics and exclusive interviews backstage at SmackDown with two of the best veterans in all of WWE. Dolph Ziggler and Natalia are on the show today. Sid and I are likely going to argue about something going on in All Elite Wrestling. It's the Inside Cradle, baby. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. Watch out, watch out, watch out indeed. Uh, Rick Uccino will be with us in video form this week. He's always with us on the Inside Cradle. I am Kev Kelm. Sid is with us from True Heel Heat. Sid, how are you? Are you ready to argue with me about something? Uh, ain't, that, ain't that the reason why I got called to be on here this week is to is to argue with Kev. They was like, you know, Kev and Rick, they get along too much. We need some <laughs> friction. We need some, some, friction. some heat. So they brought me back. All right, don't worry. We'll get into the dojo conversation before uh, at some point. A lot to cover on today's show. If you're with us on video form, go ahead and subscribe to the Sports Kita Wrestling YouTube channel. So many exclusive dropping there, including full interviews. We'll have uh, have clips from them in in, in here, but you can check those out. Uh, If you haven't done it right, we have a lot of content on there. Vince Russo reviewing Monday Night Raw every single Monday night. Dutch Mantel with you, Sid, every Friday night. Uh, So we have a lot of great stuff covering SmackDown. Tons of stuff coming up here with all Elite Wrestling coming to Chicago. <laughs> Chicago's the center of the wrestling universe outside of Las Vegas and the next few weeks. We will talk about that in today's show, the master plan of AEW to bring in one of the most desired names in all of wrestling and maybe two of them. Uh, we also have the COVID restriction issue. Is it looming yet again with the Delta variant becoming the number one talking topic in all of everything? Yeah, well beyond wrestling as I burp and I get through our topics, uh, but l- let's let's get into all this. Plus, we have some uh, very positive news for WWE and their media partners and some very uh, maybe slightly angry news backstage for WWE and their media partners. So don't worry, you boo birds that want to be yelling Vince, we got that stuff for you. All right. Don't worry. Uh, Sid, let's get into this topic here. It was uh, quite the quite the tease. It is all but said it is all but known at this point. Uh, last week we were hearing CM Punk, the most desired man to return to wrestling, who has not been in a pro wrestling ring since 2014, leaves WWE under less than uh, civil circumstances. There is a legal fight with the WWE doctor. That was not WWE. I know people say that, but it's a whole different topic. Uh, And he's done different things. He's done movies, done MMA. He's done a handful of different things. But people always ask. When you coming back? <laughs> when you coming back, brother? When you coming back? Uh, he now comes back to the wrestling business reportedly, uh, and has been talking to several different people. Uh, and fightful select tip of the cap to Millennial Meltzer himself, Sean Rassett, saying that it wasn't AEW, but it was the most likely destination, and that his camp was looking at a return to wrestling. and And he even said, "I wouldn't do it if there wasn't fans there." So that's worth noting here. Now we uh, fast forward to AEW back on the road. 
this week, North Carolina Fighter Fest night one. A lot of fun stuff. Nick Cage bloodying Chris Jericho with a pizza cutter. And then immediately an ad for Domino's played. That was weird, right? Uh, but they Senate. made it they made it clear with a massive announcement that we were reporting a few days ago uh, that AEW was looking at running the United Center in Chicago. Now, the United Center, so you're clear, you understand, is the biggest arena stadium. It's almost a stadium-level building. Uh, but it is an arena that is the home of the Chicago Bulls and the Chicago Blackhawks in the NHL and the NBA, respectively. Michael Jordan played there. It's a very famous arena. Outside of Madison Square Garden, you know, TD Gardens, it's it's one of those destination arenas that people want to play, bands, all different type of people. They're going to try and run, they're going to run it. They were trying for a while. I heard rumblings of this back in May. Uh, and I was I, I didn't I wasn't sure of it and I didn't say anything because I heard it locally and I was like that's his talk. And it was from a, it was from a ticket broker. So I kind of thought that was interesting. And the same ticket broker told me like that AEW is going to make some big moves by the end of the summer when things open up and the Arthur Ashe thing happens. So this, this shoe drops here. If you're going to run the United center, you're going to do rampage. The first dance, you're going to make those allusions to the classic Chicago bulls culture. You're going to try and play up all those different things. You have people on a jet flying the United center to seal this deal this week. You got CM Punk, right? You can't be doing that, right, Sid? And then you have Darby Allen shouting off that he wants the best in the world on this week's Dynamite. How do you feel this master plan coming together for AEW? Uh, I, th- I thought it was very, very smart to do it on this week's episode, Fight for the Fallen 2021. And, you know, a lot of things happen on the show, but definitely this is the biggest talking point. You know, they teased last week that Tony Khan was going to make a major announcement about a live event. And... You know, the timing and everything is very strange. It's, you know, two weeks before they have run, they run three events in Chicago for All Out Weekend. They're going to do Dynamite, Rampage, and All Out at the uh, the formerly known Sear Center, the now, now Arena. Uh, so it's very interesting to run a building that's bigger than that with 20,000, you know, seats. And you've already put on, you've already put the tickets on sale for the now arena. Yeah. It's, it's worth noting all out is, is sold out like two weeks after this. Yeah. Right? All out so is already sold, sold out. It's already sold out. So the, the tickets already moved for that. You're running dynamite that weekend. They're going to do a rampage taping as well. So yeah. they're going to run a 10,000 seat arena three times in a week. All right. Now, two weeks prior to this, the 20th, August 20th, the night before SummerSlam, by the way, yes. they're going to run the United Center in Chicago. Uh, and tickets for this go on sale uh, this coming Monday. That would be August 2nd, same day that WWE is in town for Maya Raw. I was curious timing about that. Yes. Uh, so the the thing here, I think, is it is an uphill battle, objectively, if you step away from this, because you're asking a lot of a single market. Now, a lot of people are going to travel in for this show. I, I think there's going to be plenty of people that travel in for this show. Uh, but do you think maybe it's like, hey, you're pushing it here with a little bit of the same market? Because, you know, this is less than an hour away from Schaumburg where you're running all out. I mean, it's very interesting. And it's kind of a, a moment where, you know, Tony Khan, he's he's a crazy guy. Like the, the the stuff that he's doing on this one episode of Fight for the Fallen, we saw Hiroshi Tanahashi from New Japan, followed by King Haku Ming, followed by a, a tea, followed by Nick Gage in a main event, followed by a tease of Huvatu Guerrera to close the show. The so Jules. this guy. The this, Jules, this guy, hysterical. Is, give me the work on the on the TNT. Gonna come back. We do the we do the. This the guy coming back. Is, is an insane booker. He's a wrestling fan, similar like you and me, Kev. And this is a lofty, you know, goal to have to sell out the I'm United just, Center. I'm, I'm not 
you know, everyone thinks I'm an anti AEW guy. I'm not. I just don't want them to have something blow up here. We, and, we know you're hired by Vince. Um, oh, I'm hey, oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, this this is this is Thunderdome, dude. I got this from the Thunderdome. This is an LED screen. Did you know that? Like, I got this. This is. They just gave me an old chunk of the Thunderdome. And that's what I'm running with. Your assistant to to Vince. I'm assistant to Tony. That's what they brought me on the show. On the show, you, know, you, got, you got TK speed dial. I got, I got TK. He gets me this whole little closet studio. Speed I got dial. here. That's not um, a dated reference. <laughs> but we should also note that on the Matman podcast, Andrew Zarian talked about uh, details of WWE Network partners being shocked about AEW pulling off a rumored deal with CM Punk. Uh, he said uh, he noted Daniel Bryan that, in that conversation as well. I mean, yeah. Noting Daniel Bryan ended his, he, he was on Fox. Like, exactly. He, like he was on the A show. He was one of the, Daniel Bryan was probably maybe number three, number four guy in the company when he left, you know? Exactly. So this is, a, exactly. and then you have, you have Punk here. I mean, it's quite the coup by AEW if they're pulling this off, you know, it's quite the coup by them. And then you have the Indeed. Malachi Black situation where somehow he got out of his non, non-compete. Um, it's, it's quite the interesting scenario here. And, that, and things are coming together. And they're like regretting, you know, letting guys go like Braun Strowman. They want to bring him back in. But uh, Zarian notes that the executives who were shocked by the news are not pro wrestling fans and possibly don't understand the inner workings of the industry and why WWE was willing to let a talent like CM Punk go. Also, Zarian reported that internally WWE officials are not very concerned about Punk signing with another uh, wrestling promotion. which They they weren't going to sign him anyway. You know what I mean? Like it's. It, it, it's it's not the right fit for him to come back. It, it, objective, if you get away from it, if he did go to WWE and did anything, he was doing it in backstage. I do think CM Punk will go in the WWE Hall of Fame. They will make amends with him in that way when his time performing in the ring is done. I do think yeah. that'll happen, and that speech will be very entertaining. Uh, and so it's like that will happen. Like I, I don't think that's an outlandish prediction, right? If I only, also, if I only think Warrior goes in the Hall of Fame. CM Punk will go in the Hall of Fame. I, I don't know. CM Punk seems like the type of guy where he, yeah, needs but he like doesn't a, need it. He, he, doesn't, he yeah. yeah, he doesn't need it. And he seems like the type of guy that needs like a Bret Hart coming to Jesus. You know, Bret had to have like a stroke before he was ever able to like say, you know what? I'm going to make amends. I'm going to go back to WWE, make an appearance and stuff. I think Punk kind of needs that type of moment, a coming to yeah. Jesus moment he, before he, still have he that. does that. But mind yeah. you, this guy's 42 and he's been away from wrestling for seven years. Yeah. You know, the prime, and you've been around wrestling long enough, the prime for some guys who are career wrestlers, who get to the TV level, the prime years on your body to make money are 35 to 40. Uh, And in terms of you, you got your timing, right? Maybe you've had an injury or two, but nothing super severe. Um, But now, but that was the eighties and nineties. It's completely different circumstance. You have edge coming back after three neck surgeries. Right. So I think you can kind of throw that out there. He definitely had the conditioning from doing MMA training. He stopped, he still never stopped doing that despite, you know, not fighting anymore. And it should Uh, be. And and also I think his mind is sharp doing the acting, doing the writing. I think, It'll be interesting to see what he does, and and also in AEW, it's the the fact that not one person you know holds a pen. It's not a bunch of people in a room holding a pen yeah. coming to you and saying, "Hey, we want you to do this type of idea." And I'm not opposed to that idea. There's some people who do that stuff very very well. I think NXT is a great example of that. Like they come to the guys and say, "This is what we're working with. This is what we want you to do." Um, I think in AEW, you're going to see this collaboration. He's going to be able to do a lot of different fun things. Uh, the merchandise partner is already there in Pro Wrestling Tees. There's just a lot of boxes that kind of check 
that this is a special thing. Uh, he likes making special moments. He certainly enjoyed making them in Chicago. I was at Money in the Bank. That was epic. That was probably one of the best WWE things in the last 20, 30 years. Uh, and he was a central figure in it, if not the central figure in it. Um, the weird thing is they announced this without him uh, on the bill. I think if he if they said he's coming, you know, uh, I think they all but want to, you know, I, mean? I think for TV audiences purposes, they just don't want to say it. They just want the tune in factor of what's going to happen. They think is good. What do you think? Do you, do you announce he's there? Do you say he's going to be there August 20th? How do you, how do you put this out of the bag or do you have him do the show up? I think, I, I think it's going to come down. Cause you got to do it right. That first impression has to be key. I think it's going to come down to that final week, uh, how close they are to a sellout that that will probably determine how much of a tease that they give us. I don't, I don't, unless like ticket sales are like very, very slow. I don't see them making an announcement that CM Punk's going to be on the show. I kind of, you know, see them making the illusions that they did like Darby Allen, like you said, making the, the best in the world reference, uh, you know, Nick Jackson kind of doing CM Punk moves during the 10 man tag and then MJF quoting the, the pipe bomb during his whole announcement then when they make the announcement for the united center they pan to the fans actually chanting cm punk i don't yeah. think they would focus on that the way they they are doing if not they had a deal in place so it's here's, a very here's the issue i'm saying with that that's enough yeah. to sell 10 to fifteen thousand tickets yeah all right that's me objectively to a casual wwe fan who is like SummerSlams this Saturday. Wait, AEW, I've heard about them. I've checked them out a little bit. I watched a show or two. The casual wrestling fan, they need to know he's there. Or like yeah. they need to know for a fact that he's going to be there. I think they, the most they will do, they won't make a full announcement that he's going to be there. I see them doing something like the yeah. end of Dynamite. Darby Allen beat that someone, uh, be, hey, beat someone in tickets. the main event, yeah. and he's in the ring. He's celebrating with Sting, and all you hear is din 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 din, and then Jr. and Excalibur is like, "We're running out of time. We gotta go." Like just hit the first chord of the song and i think that would be enough if they're at 10 15 000 to get them to like the twenty thousand uh mark and you gotta understand also like you said with uh aew he's gonna have a lot of creative control so the fact that it was darby allen making the reference to best in the world and it seems like he's gonna be the first opponent the first feud for him possibly at all out i think that has to do a lot with cm punk because he's done interviews in the past year where he has said on on you know on record that uh darby allen is one of his guys that he would like to wrestle so he's following the the aew product he's getting more into wrestling he's done interviews with a guest of inside the cradle before my co-host from uh wrestling daily stephanie chase in the last year so he's doing more and more with wrestling so he's aware of the product and darby allen is someone that shares his straight edge lifestyle so this is someone that has a lot of, of symmetry with them it calls back to his feud with jeff hardy because if you if you don't don't look at uh, Darby Allen in 2021 and think yeah. Jeff Hardy in 2008. Perfect I, don't know, I, I, I don't know what's wrong with you. And the fact that he's totally different from Jeff Hardy, he doesn't have the demons. He doesn't have the addiction. He's straight edge like CM Punk. There's a lot that CM Punk can do with this. So if he's debuting on August 20th, then you have a dynamite, you have another rampage, and then you have the two uh, dynamite and rampage in Chicago. That gives you four shows to build up Darby Allen versus CM Punk. I think they're really banking on this being one of their highest buy rates for all out. They I think that I think they'll even be fine. I don't I'm not 
sure if they're going for the complete sellout. I know they want to get that, and that's a lofty go, a lofty feat that they're going to get. But I think if they get to 15,000 or so, yeah. I think they will be fine with that. And that's, you, and that's here's the right. thing, though. You're talking about 15,000 United Center. That's the whole third jack not sold out. Yeah. So I mean that, that like there there's gonna be people that boo about it, but also fifteen thousand is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll we'll talk about COVID restrictions. We're gonna see how long we can even run arenas. All right. Uh, that'll be something we cover in today's show. There's a lot going on here. The way I see this falling, CM Punk debuts or AEW at Rampage in the United Center, the grand homecoming. Uh, it is. It, the first I, thing. I think at some point it's made clear by him. All but said the twentieth. I'll, I'll be around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and him playing Alan Parsons project serious. That's a bulls walkout song. Uh, but I, I think they just need to seal the deal for people who are like, what's going on. Cause there's going to be a lot of people who like that. And that's what you that's want. True. You, th- yeah. those are, that's half your amplifier there. Is my signal holding up well for you, by the way, I'm not, I'm not breaking up on you. All right. Cool. No, you're fine. A little alert here on my screen. Um, like, so, one more thing. Like I said, Tony Khan is loony. He's loony because he's running the United Center, a 23,000-seat <laughs> arena, yeah. not for a dynamite, not for a, a pay-per-view. For also, in downtown city. Chicago, it's worth noting, this is for a completely his, different area that people are used to going to for big wrestling shows. For his secondary show, like, this is not, yeah, this is not the arena that WWE runs. WWE runs all-state arena, so he's going to a whole different, you know, you can expect probably next year's All Out to be at the United Center, but he is testing this out, this building out, for his secondary show, he's going to have the biggest signing in AEW history debuting on his secondary show, 10 p.m. on a Friday, which already has been proven by AEW is not the hot, you know, you know, no. the TV rating. They they didn't get hot ratings there. They and only you're got going it. on after SmackDown in a different exactly. channel. Yeah, it's, it's SmackDown it's go home show before Smack before SummerSlam. So and yeah, you know, and you know that WWE is going to stack that show and have something exactly. big on that show. So exactly. it's worth noting here. This is this is really intense, man. I love to see what WWE is going to do to respond to this. We're hearing about The Rock coming back. This is good. This is good for wrestling, dude. Speaking of what's good for wrestling is WWE is certainly back on the road. Our very own Rick Uccino got to go backstage this past Friday at SmackDown and talk to several WWE superstars. You can check out those interviews now with Big E Langston, Mr. Money in the Bank, Natalia, and Dolph Ziggler. Let's check out the conversation here with Dolph Ziggler backstage this past week in Ohio. Who one of the people who was right alongside you at the time, Big E, just won the Money in the Bank briefcase uh, this past week. You know what has it been like for you to watch Big E from when he came in with you in NXT, from uh, up from NXT on Raw, and now to where he is, you know, through the New Day, through the Intercontinental Championships, yep. and now Mr. Money in the Bank. What's it what been like for you to watch him evolve? Uh, it's one thing to go, you see someone from NXT, and they're six foot eight, and they're throwing people around, and you go, okay, we'll see. Those people come and go a lot. And uh, I was told, this is the guy watching your back. And I go, okay, this could be something good, or a guy could be gone in a week. I don't know him. And you realize that for a while, he was like this stone face, like he's a badass guy, which he is, it's fine. But you got to get to know him, and you see the character side of him. You see that he can do the friggin' splits. He can dive out of the ring. He can do all these things. And you go, whoa, this is something cool here. And then you start to get that chemistry. AJ, E, and myself had this really cool chemistry going. And even though we're losing 95% of the time, which I'm used to by myself, there was three <laughs> of us and we're losing 95% of the time, which made it more entertaining and more fun for us. Uh, but watching him go from like, ah, I like this guy. We know he's sweet. We know he's stronger than hell. Is he going to make it? 
and you watch him do things, watch him do things here, and then there's a couple months where we kind of went our separate ways, and I, he wasn't being utilized on the show, and I said, brother, sometimes it's better to not be on the show just to get slapped around by someone else who's going to a WrestleMania match than to be out there and sitting backstage and going, let people forget about you for a few months. It sucks, it kills you. When I haven't been on the show with that live crowd, I was dying backstage. That's how it goes, you wanna perform. And you get to a point where then he came back and did something special. I forget what the hell it was, but I went, they got him, good. And he's slowly been building that. And then the New Day, at first, I didn't even think the New Day were gonna get a chance. They go, they did this thing, let's see what they're gonna let them do, let's see what they are gonna do. And you go, I'm happy they got a shot. I don't know if they're behind them or not. And then you see them little little pieces sneak out here and there when you go, there's nothing like this on our show. And then they went 10,000 times above <laughs> that. And you go, not only is it special, this is great, we need this. We can't just have Daniel Bryan and myself doing headlock takeovers. <laughs> you gotta see something special like this that no one else on this roster or that you know can do. And as a group, they became more powerful. And even with the jokes and the fun, you had to take them seriously because they yeah. delivered every night. So I, uh, I'm already a huge fan of Kofi's because we had a best of 500 series that he won 497 to three. <laughs> but we were put together all the time just for the athleticism. And then you got to see his character come out. He became friggin' world champion. Yeah. How awesome is that? I, uh, I did an interview a long time ago. What was your favorite moment here? And they're like, money in the bag. So I go, watching Kofi Mania was awesome because he wasn't brand new. He wasn't pushed down your throats. He was this guy who just did his work and stood out every time he did something. And then eventually it all worked out because of the crowds behind them instead of uh, iPads out there. So that really, not only do they help our shows, that changes the business. That changes WrestleMania yeah. main events yeah. because of them. And uh, that's real, man. I mean, you look Anyway, Big E rocks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm rooting for him. I hope... Well, I, I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. I hope that this takes months and months and months or 10 months or a year and you see the extra layers. We've seen that he can do anything. We've seen that he can have fun. Let us see that he can be the guy when the tickets go on sale is we wanna see Biggie in the main event defending his title. And I think that can absolutely happen, so. Don't mess it up. I was gonna say, cause not only did you have one of the best cash-ins, but you had one of the best runs. What is with this one of the best? Which one's better? It's okay. I, it will, I, I have you're gonna no, hurt my feelings. I, I've had crap dumped on me here twice at I, work. I, I would ha I would put you two behind Heist of the Century. I would What's that? The WrestleMania. 30. I don't watch Netflix. <laughs> Heist of the Century. Da Vinci. <laughs> Rollins at WrestleMania 30. Uh, uh, I don't really care. I think they're all awesome. Yeah. I think that's friggin' amazing. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be World Heavyweight Champion. I was told I wouldn't be World Heavyweight Champion. I was told, if you cash this in, it's just for the moment, and we'll see you later. The crowds made that the special moment. So they had to one-up it with one of their guys, Seth, in WrestleMania. I totally, I totally <laughs> get it. They're like, man, that was pretty loud. I bet if we have 40,000 more people, it'll be louder. And then one of our guys gets the number one spot. Uh, but man, I, another one, like, I got to do, I think it was me, Robert Rude, and, uh, be Braun or Baron in and out of there with the shield going, I sets the future of our company. 
big fan, happy to be a part of it, and uh, kind of go back and forth with him for a little while too. Yeah. So, so what would that's be, always fun. What would be your advice to E? Because you know you did have that really really successful run with the briefcase. You know, as, as he's now looking to do that to have a meaningful run with the briefcase yeah. and have a big cash in up the levels of yourself and, and Seth Rollins. What would you be your advice to him? Um, there's gonna be you know, there's gonna be ten. 10 chefs over the pot every day, and then there's gonna be 100 chefs over the pot every day after this week, and you have to fight through it. And he, he's been around enough, and he's seen enough bitterness from me of like, hey man, this is how it goes, this is what you gotta do. And at the end of the day, it, you have to make a decision for yourself when there's 20 veterans or the boss telling you this is the way to go and it just doesn't feel right you might have to make a move and sometimes it's positive and sometimes it's negative but when you do so many positive moves in a row like he has been doing uh i feel like he's going to be fine um and not just fine i i am rooting for this to of course everybody likes moments and that's great and him winning the briefcase i think was a great moment yeah him cashing in, if that becomes the greatest cash-in of all time, fantastic. I love that. But I want to watch the progression that not that he has done from here. It's day one today all the way through. God, I hope it's 10 friggin' months and he becomes a 10th version of himself that we know he can do. Then it become the main event player. Then you become the John Cena. Then you become the guy that when you are on the marquee, more people come. And I think that can happen, and I'm rooting for it. There we go. We got the we have to mute it off there. That'll, that'll be a fun edit for people. Uh, what what is what is something here that you get out of that conversation? It is nice to see Dolph Ziggler's perspective on Biggie and his rise. It'll be very interesting to see those two those two collide again. If if Biggie does even break through with this Money in the Bank and becomes world champion, that's for me. That's like the first match I want to see Biggie have as champion is him tangle with Dolph. I mean, Dolph is always a good guy to kind of get in there as a championship contender. And it seems like WWE goes back to him every single like summer when there's a WWE <laughs> champion that needs a needs a few. That's few, not a bad spot to be in, it's, guys. It's not. It's not. It's not. Dolph is always and he always delivers uh, quality matches with anybody, but he has the history with Big E. You could tell he genuinely is happy for his success. And and the fact that I loved him saying that his greatest, you know, the greatest thing he saw was not his like passion or anything it was Kofi mania because they did have such a long series you know feuding over the u.s title feuding over the intercontinental title and they were always kind of at the same position like around like 2010 through like 2013 so yeah. to see where they where they got to the both of them around like 2013 on is so great and it's a you kind of can really tell he's still a genuine professional wrestling fan so that's great to hear uh, if you want to check out that entire interview, which is very, very insightful, and he has more funny, salacious things to say, uh, you can see that it's up now on the Sports Kid Wrestling YouTube channel. We'll be talking to tell you before this episode is done here. Uh, let's get into something that is looming over the world. Uh, I don't mean to bring this up and, and bum everyone out. COVID restrictions. Could they be returning to professional wrestling? Uh, the Delta variant is a very serious issue. Uh, cases surging in the United States. It has been an issue internationally, and now it is certainly here with the Delta variant of COVID-19. Now, the standing vaccination rate in the United States, uh, as I speak to you right now, is about 49% for fully vaccinated people. It, it is around 60% in some areas uh, with partial vaccination. Uh, 
Uh, it's worth noting uh, this weekend in Chicago, where I am, Lollapalooza. Uh, there are several major concerts happening along the East Coast as well. Several different uh, shows are set up. And the Rolling Loud event occurred uh, just last yeah. week with WWE participating there as well. Um, concerns about, about this uh, is this is a more transmissible uh, version of, of COVID-19. And it is, are we out of the bottle? Can we put the, the genie back in the bottle? Something makes me think no to some degree. Um, but this is, you know, safety and wellness and all these different things. And what are those uh, mandates that could be put in place to make events still possible? I think you're going to get to the point where we have people saying you're not getting into this event without at least a mask. Uh, and there is a mask mandate in place in Nevada, which is going to host SummerSlam coming up here in just a few weeks. Yeah, it's kind of a downer a lot because we kind of thought that we were getting back to normal. You know, WWE has live fans in attendance as well as AEW, but both companies kind of have to make their adjustments now. And it's kind of just more motivation for people who aren't vaccinated or aren't wearing masks when they need to, to kind of go out there to keep us on the right trend. You know, we're coming, we, it seemed like we were coming out of this pandemic. We don't want to get back into it. So we have to make the, the certain protocols, the certain restrictions to kind of steer the course and get back on track because, you know, like you said, 49% is great. But it would be even greater if it was at 69% or 79% or 89% vaccinated. But people have their views. People, you know, don't want to get vaccinated. They have different points of views. At the very least, wear your mask because, you know, certain places like Las Vegas where SummerSlam is going to be at, they have the mask mandate for indoor uh, for indoor. you know, events like those, what's going to happen that weekend with the UFC and the Manny Pacquiao fight. It's not going to probably be the same thing at Alliance Stadium. I believe that's an open roof stadium. So at least there's that for the WWE fans that are going out there for SummerSlam, something to look forward to. I think by the time we get to Chicago for the first dance on August 20th or for All Out Week, it's going to be mass mandates for those events of being inside. And it's something that, you know, my significant other, when she watches like an AE, or WWE event, she's always asking, why aren't people wearing masks? Like, why why is this person not wearing a mask? Why do I only, why can I only count on one hand the number of masks? Because I know for sure I'm, I have my ticket ready to go to Arthur Ashe Stadium. And although that's an open roof stadium, I'm going to be wearing my mask. If you see SP3 on camera. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the Foo Fighters on Saturday night or Sunday night in Chicago in Grant Park. It's open air. Um, but my, my one deal with the people I was going with, some, some people are don't, don't want to be vaccinated in the group of people. I am. All right. And I was yeah, like, I'll too. only go if, if we're wearing masks. And I'll yeah. wear one. I don't care even though I am. Because the thing is, even if you guys have your shots, you can still get it and, yeah. and, and pass it on to somebody. I think that's the key. If more people were vaccinated, the chance of it like transmitting would be much less. Less, you know, we would kind of cut off the curve here. So we haven't cut off the curve of it. And this, this round that's coming up here. And we haven't seen the peak of this yet. So uh, that that's another thing here. But I do think WWE and AEW are going to find some way to keep doing live events with live fans. I just yeah. do not see WWE. I do. There is talk of a backup plan. We don't know what that is from WWE. We don't know what AEW's backup plan is. Now, AEW's backup plan is Jacksonville. Go back to yeah. Daddy's place. Yeah. All right. Um, but I could see WWE doing something similar, finding an open air stadium that they could do this stuff in, uh, seeing what AEW did and doing something similar, find a stationary place to run shows, a capital wrestling center with maybe a larger scale to it or something like that. 
I, I don't know if uh, maybe a mixture of Thunderdome and some live fans, but we're going to get to the point here, guys, and this may bother people. We're going to get to the point where you're going to need a vaccine to get into some things, or you're yeah. going to have to be younger than a certain age. Uh, and, and that may aggravate people that may feel like a political shot and all these different things. We're not, we're not stoking those flames. We're talking, going to wrestling shows and having a good time at wrestling shows. This is the wrestling show. Good. That's it. So part of that, part of it being good is your safety and your wellness and the risk. And do you have guilt? Do, am I going to have guilt coming out of food, food fighters on Sunday night? Did I, was I a part of something that was bad? I'm looking at the, the hashtag for it. People are like, Oh, super spreader, super spreader. And I certainly hope it's not. I didn't see anyone yeah. saying that last week with Rolling Loud, but apparently people are now. You know? And yeah. I didn't see people saying that with WrestleMania. And, you know, we were talking about, you know, whether or not that was a safe event, too. And we have people saying, hey, I think I got COVID. I was there and I'm letting people know. And I think that's responsible, too. I think the shame with that should be gone. You know, like if you went to something, you took a risk and at least you did the right thing. It's fine. Now, if you're reckless, it's a different story. <laughs> you know, so it's worth yeah. noting here. I, I, I ask everybody out there, do, do your own part. Get, uh, if you have any concerns, just get tested. There's no problem. Getting tests is very easy now. Uh, it's very affordable uh, in most places. And a lot of places you can go and get it for free and even get the rapid test. Remember like, a, like nine months ago, getting that rapid test where you get the results really quickly. It was like, I remember looking at a place where it was like $400 to get like a rapid test in like the <laughs> spring of last year. Now it is not that case in most major cities in the United States. Um, so that's looming. Some yeah. positive news for WWE. Uh, the NBC Universal is one of their major media partners, uh, and some people even alluded that NBC could buy WWE. I've heard that before. Uh, but here's an interesting thing. People complain about Peacock and WWE Network being on Peacock in the United States. Internationally, everyone gets WWE Network as it once was, uh, and the, the different streaming issues and money in the bank. But here is a reason why WWE, <laughs> besides the billion dollars they got for this deal, uh, is not going to go anywhere else. It is the reach to a lot of casual viewers on the NBC Universal platform, Peacock, because Peacock, in just a few months, less than a year, has gotten to the 50 million subscriber plateau. That is a lot of people. A lot of people. It's worth noting uh, Peacock is tied to a lot of different data plans with phones, and also P NBC Universal is owned, also owned by Comcast Xfinity, which is a cable company, and that's tied into a lot of cable packages, and it's just kind of included for an extra, like, 5 10 bucks, depending on what your plan is. Uh, yeah. So, um, this is a big deal. 50 million subscribers right as the Olympics are happening. Uh, this is a, uh, we'll say whatever you want about Peacock. This, this is huge for WWE. They, they're they're going to get the rub from this quite a bit. Yeah. This is more, a hell of a lot more people that had uh, the WWE network for sure. You know, WWE network was always getting over, you know, 1 million, getting close to like 2 million. Couldn't even get to that threshold of 2 million. So to have them and their product available to 50 million subscribers, I, I would say a lot of that is down to the Olympics being available on Peacock, but it's open now to WWE to say that SummerSlam this year is the most viewed pay-per-view in WWE history because 50 million subscribers has availability to it. So it's a big deal for WWE. It closer, it makes that relationship with NBC Universal closer with each other and opens up the possibility of down the line them potentially buying the wwe so it's nothing but a good thing when you look at it that no. 50 million mark is just great for wwe's eyes and if you're in the anti-wwe camp this is good for wrestling it's Indeed. worth noting there's no aew there's no aew all right if Tony Khan didn't see the deals that WWE got in the last few years as TV rights, live television rights, 
And the advertising dollar for a live television audience, uh, what they what they would call a niche audience, is 10 times more valuable than it was years ago. Anything that wavers between sports and entertainment with kind of like a nerd sci-fi element to it, wrestling, all right, is going to be more valuable than it was 10 years ago. And WWE benefited with this three separate billion-dollar deals in three years, okay? three that, that doesn't even include the deal with Saudi Arabia, which is very lucrative for WWE, yes. all right? Three billion dollar deals because of that Reaganomics, the market opens up. Warner Brothers goes, Let's get them over here. <laughs> Let, let's get an AEW. You got you got money, Tokan. Who's available? Who's out there? What money can we go and get? When I look at this, every time I look at the way streaming platforms work and people are getting off of cable, and you have a, basically a cable company making their own streaming platform. That's what Peacock is, right? Yeah, and they have WWE and WWE has their own channel. It's also worth noting people say, Oh, Peacock is so bad. The interface is annoying. I can say that, but when you pull it on, WWE is right there. Like you, you see movies, major movies, and WWE's branding is right there. The rub of that, the legitimacy of that, like wrestling is this weird thing in dark rooms. No, that's gone. That's gone. Wrestling yeah. is as mainstream as anything else right now. And and so when you see that, that's really, really cool. I look at it though with AEW, they're partnering with Warner Media, Warner Brothers. How are they not on HBO Max? Like I keep looking at this, HBO Max is their own streaming service. They just plateaued at 73 million, which is really, really great. Most yeah. of that driven by rolling out big movies like the big premiere movie, day and date release. So they're in theaters and you can get on the, on the streaming service at the same time. I'm avoiding Space Jam too. I heard the reviews. Um, <laughs> you look at that though, and you think, wow, what rub would you get from that? Like, what rub would you get from that? Uh, that's it just drives me crazy. At fifty dollars for a pay-per-view. I think for wrestling fans, I don't want to say it's passe. You, pay-per-view is still very much alive. And you look, they're going to have that Manny Pacquiao fight. They're going to make tons of money. Triller, yeah. all that different stuff. The boxing and combat sports. But I think the wrestling audience wants a subscription window. They want, I pay my money every month and I know I'm getting something. Well, we still have to realize that AEW is not even, you know, at the two-year mark of being on cable television. So I think when they get to the point where they're at three years, four years, five years, that's when they can open up the, the market to be on a subscription service like HBO Max. They are really building the blocks with their relationship. Because if you remember when they first got to Warner Media, they had like a, a ad revenue share uh, deal. It wasn't like the greatest deal in the world. It was like Here's here's like a testing, uh, a proving ground. We're gonna see. Put up, you guys. You gotta, you gotta put. You, gotta, you yeah. gotta put up a number here. Yeah, yeah, you gotta put up a number. We're gonna see what you guys can do, and they proved themselves. They did 1.4 million on their first one. Consistently averaged like between 800 and 9,000 and 900,000 viewers. Uh, you know, for a good five, four or five month period, and then they got their new deal at the beginning of 2020, and they made 43 million dollars last yeah, year. They, in profits. they didn't get that deal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you think as you think of where the pandemic happened, like, I don't know what can do. I'm not saying they wouldn't be in a good spot um, because this is a long term plan. And also, it's worth noting a lot of this is the Khan family coming in and funding this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And I mean, there don't put it out there. Warner Brothers throwing some money down to book things like the United Center and all that stuff that they, they, they're involved in all that. True. Uh, and they're getting a cut probably, too. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But it's to me, it's it's very interesting to see 
uh, it's a one thing that I'll always, when people say AEW, I was like, it needs to be as accessible as WWE is. And, and part of that accessibility is, oh, we can get it digitally, you can get it this, and it's all these different things. Like a show like AEW Dark and different stuff like that, I don't know. It's weird when you when you put it on uh, a streaming service, it doesn't doesn't feel like the same type of I gotta be there for it. And you know, we know what our show is. We're a podcast. We're trying to get a few thousand people to watch and listen every week. And yeah. we're, that's the realm we're in. They're at a different scale. It's a completely different thing. And I do think I'm not saying it's behind the times, but it is something where you look at this and then you guys have that, you know, it's, it's RC Cola. You ever have RC Cola? I like yeah. RC Cola. All right. It's nice. It's what you go when you have the neighborhood pizza place. They don't have pop. They don't, they don't, they don't have Coke. They don't have Pepsi. They don't have RC. It's off brand. You don't want to live in that off brand world very, very long. You can and, and well, have great food and do all those things. But to me, you got to get on a streaming service. You got to get behind the, uh, the paywall. And I do think the audience would go that way with them. It's also proven that AEW has gained success through through the way they're doing it. So it's not like they're, they have no. a broken model that's not working no. for them. And at the end of the day, WWE has a 50-year head start on yeah. AEW. Like, yeah. you'll never get – you're not going to get the type of deals that, you know, WWE got with Peacock, that WWE got with just putting on the WWE Network at first. You don't get that with, with like, two years of being on network television, of only being a promoter for going on three years that doesn't happen overnight it's not going to happen in the next year i don't think it's going to happen in the next three four years i think it takes years of building and you can see that there is a closer relationship than at the start between aew and warner media you brought up space jam on fight for the fallen this week we had a space jam freaking tie-in with the elite coming out as the elite squad and doing a full-on ad for the Space Jam movie. So there is sort of like this, you can see the ties are getting knotted between Water Media and AEW. So it's not gonna happen tomorrow. It's not gonna happen next year. It's not gonna happen the year after that. But eventually, yes, I do see that the subscription service is the future for them. But with the with the layout and with the, you know, the template that they got right now, they're getting successful. They're just coming off of two of their largest. Oh, no, I know. But eventually Eventually, yeah, it's so. gonna be like I, I think there's just that crowd of people are gonna be like fifty bucks. You know, like fifty bucks. Yeah, like there's. I know. But, I know. It sounds weird to say that. that. People said that from Double or Nothing 2019, yeah. and now it we're did really well. Off, we're coming off two of the most successful pay per views of their of their whole inception. So their motto is working for them. But I do agree. In the future, yeah, that is something they're going to. So I'm not really bothered by it right and now. The thing is, it makes it so much easier for people to go like, "Oh, I'm paying ten bucks a month. I know I'm going to get something out of it." You know, like, sure. and and even now, you look at HBO Max; they have the tier deal, like like PKK Premium did like that. Remember when those tier deals? People were like, "Your WWE is going to do what?" It's like, just let me pay one thing and it's done. Now everyone's like, "Give me a tier. Do I want ads? Do I not want ads? Do I want the extra?" Like now, I'm it's good. like I'm good with my five dollars a month. And that was like three years ago. I'm That's good. like I'm good. <laughs> Uh, that was like three years ago. Queen of the Ring. WWE is building up to a very long theorized idea of a tournament involving the, the women of Raw and SmackDown. And the running theory currently at the moment is that WWE could have the end of this tournament occur in a very interesting spot. Considering that this spot is a uh, uh, part of the world that is now just 
catching up with the equity of women in society, uh, and that is Saudi Arabia. Now, WWE presented the first pro wrestling match with women in Saudi Arabia just a few years ago, featuring Lacey Evans and Natalia, who will join us here in a minute. Uh, and the running plan for Queen of the Ring is for it to start in early October with the finals of the tournament occurring over the course of SmackDown, Raw and SmackDown. I don't mind that it's on TV because then it makes matches mm -hmm. matter, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the finals then would be on a Peacock special from Saudi Arabia in October. Very interesting play by WWE here. I do agree. It's very interesting, and it's it sets up WWE to be what they always like to be, the progressive Good Samaritan. They're making advancements in a world that, you know, doesn't have a lot of advancements in Saudi Arabia. Women are just, you know, able to drive, I think, as of, like, last year or the year before that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, whether people want to realize it or acknowledge it or not, women are still very much still oppressed in Saudi Arabia. So it does seem like it's just WWE's play to kind of make it, oh, you know, this grand gesture, you know, women are here. I, honestly, trying. They're not doing I, nothing. I, I, yeah, but I rather the women get their own special. I think that's what a lot of people. You, you want like a, you you want like a one night tournament for. I, I don't even need a one night tournament. You could yeah. do like you did in the past with King of the Ring, where you have on on TV to you know the opening round, the qualifying rounds, and then you know the eight eight that qualify go on to the to the WWE Network special. If you're running Saudi Arabia on a Thursday, October twenty first, you can run a special event on Sunday or Saturday. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm not opposed. Do. If you do, that's you what do, I would do. Heard. Those usually on Fridays, right? They usually yeah. do. So, like, if you run, um, yeah, what do they call them? Super Showdown. So they call it Super Showdown. You run Saudi Arabia on Friday, and then Saturday night we're doing Queen of the Ring. Tune in, yeah. Peacock. I, I, I have no problem with that either, too. And also, it's worth noting, you know, WWE before they did that Lacey Evans Natalia match, which is is historic. There is no that is irrefutably a special special thing for those women that participated in the match for WWE yeah. to do it, and for the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia to allow them to do it, and it's. Say whatever you want. Yeah, it's 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 oh, it's easy. If if any other company did it, people would say the exact same thing. It's it's it yeah. doesn't matter. It's gonna be politically spinned. It's positive. All right. No 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 forward momentum is no forward momentum. This is some exactly. forward momentum. So I'll take it in that in that regard. So I'm just opposed of the idea. If they say they're gonna do it. They get to Saudi Arabia. And then the partner goes, no, no fix, because that happened. They were supposed to do yeah. a match with Natalia and Alexa Bliss. This is something Natalia was very, very proud of. She was very, very staunch and saying, I want that spot. I want to be able to do it. She got to do it with Lacey a couple, about a few months, about maybe a half a year, a year earlier. They were supposed to do it with her and Alexa. That didn't happen. And they, they made that trip out there. Uh, I, it would be very weird if you spent weeks and weeks building up the television. You get to Saudi Arabia and you can't do this tournament final. Uh, so that's that's in the back of my head. Interesting. We get to talk to Natalia. All right. We got to speak to her. We had two interviews with her in the past few in the past month here. Uh, and she's been such a great uh, friend to Sports Kid Wrestling. Once again, our very own Rick Cuccino backstage at SmackDown in Ohio talking to the living legend, a first ballot Hall of Famer, the heartbreaker herself, Queen of Hearts, Natalia. Two, yeah. with all the craziness that was going on because usually it's like a showdown between one maybe two or three people and then all of a sudden you got like six women on top and here comes nikki just right behind and she right. sneaks, sneaks away and a, a big match a big win for nikki obviously yeah. and then she cashes in the very next night that seems to be the thing to do with the women's money in the bank is yeah let's get right into it yeah um you know your reaction i know you wanted to win it obviously but your reaction to to nikki getting that big win and now becoming raw women's champion i mean i think it was something that nobody expected i think that nikki was definitely the dark horse slash underdog of the match. 
But it was cool because when I step back and look at that visual of uh, all of the women, you know, everybody on top of the ladder trying to reach for that briefcase, it was one of the first times ever, I think, that everybody was all, all on top of the ladder reaching for it, almost right. had it. Um, and there was this really funny picture that everybody kept posting on Twitter <laughs> yes, of I was ask you about literally that. Zelina's body with my head and me going, <sighs> Yes. And it was yes. like, it was very symbolic of all of us just freaking out trying to grab that contract. But I am happy for Nikki. Um, I know she's worked really hard to get to where she is right now. Uh, of course, all of us wanted to win the contract. All of us, you know, everybody wants to be a champion in WWE. And the good thing is, is that I still have the gold with Tamina yes. Snuka. Yes. Um, so we're very, very grateful for that. But it is definitely, I mean, just real talk. It is definitely nice to see somebody new get an opportunity and, and um, you know, just have a whole set of new eyes on, on Nikki. So I'm happy for you, Nikki. Congratulations. Uh, and you know, one of the things that, you know, people will, you know, the negative people out there, they look at Nikki cashing in on Charlotte after she wins the title for the, they clarified this, the 11th time now. So yeah. they've, they've clarified everything. And you know, she has it for a day, which is another short reign. Right. I know people will look at that. But on the other hand, you look at her last five title reigns for Charlotte. They've always been to put somebody else over to set up the Becky heel turn, to set up the Bailey heel turn, to set up Bailey's uh, cash in, and now to set this up big for for Nikki Cross. I don't think Charlotte gets as as unbelievable as this. I don't think she gets enough credit for the work that she does, and she really kind of catches a a, a bad rap because everybody wants to focus on her accomplishments, but also not what she does for other people at the same time. Yeah, I think Charlotte. <laughs> I think, listen, in the women's division, it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world, or should I say cat-eat-cat. <laughs> um, it's tough. I mean, everybody, all of us are vying for an opportunity, and everybody wants to be front and center. And in this industry, it really is about paying it forward. And, you know, what what I was able to help Charlotte do at NXT, it's, it's cool to see her give back and pay forward. And, I mean, she's really incredible in giving back. So it's, it's nice to be able to watch you know, somebody else, you know, Charlotte's in the role of a bad girl right now, a villain on TV. So every now and then, you know, the the, the good guys win. Um, and so it is cool to see Nikki kind of, you know, get that opportunity and Charlotte pay it forward. Talk about big opportunities. Now, this isn't confirmed at all, but there have been reports that have surfaced this week about the possibility of a Queen of the Ring tournament. If and when that announcement goes down, your reaction to that would be what? Ooh. <laughs> Well, coming from the Queen of Hearts, um, the original <laughs> Queen of Hearts, <laughs> my grandmother Helen was the first Queen of Hearts um, in the Hart family, but of course, you know, I'm carrying the torch, um, but it, that would be really cool. I mean, anytime the women get an opportunity in WWE to do something awesome, whether it's Evolution, whether it's the first ever Women's Royal Rumble, the first ever Women's uh, TLC match or ladder match or tables match, um, it is so cool to see just new opportunities for women. And of course, everybody wants to see the women in WWE compete. And um, we're not against having a little bit more bling. So if there's a crown involved, <laughs> diamonds, Tiffany's, Louis Vuitton, you know, I'm there for it. Uh, the last time we spoke in person, which seems like 10 years ago now, it was in front of a, a before a Raw in Cincinnati. And a couple of things that we talked about, you, you had goals of yours and they, they came to fruition. One of which was wrestling in Saudi Arabia, which congratulations, that, Thank was, you. that was really, really huge. The other one was you mentioned you wanted a big match with Becky Lynch for a championship and that happened in Toronto at SummerSlam, yes, yeah. a fantastic match. Looking back on that now, again, it seems like forever and ago. What, what stands out about that night for you? That night was so awesome because, you know, it was, it was just like the stars aligned. I remember being told um, that, you know, 
hey, I don't think it's good. You and Becky, you're both good guys, and you know, you're gonna be in Canada, and they're gonna like Becky more than you, and they're not gonna cheer for you, and they're gonna, like, and I was thinking, I don't care who they cheer for. <laughs> I just wanna have an incredible match. Sure. And um, I remember when it was pitched to me, hey, it's gonna be you versus Becky at SummerSlam. Um, and I remember when that match came to light and, and came to fruition, I was so excited because there's nothing cooler than having a singles match at SummerSlam. The Hart family has done so many amazing things at SummerSlam. Looking back to even my uncles, uh, Bret Hart and the British Bulldogs, SummerSlam 1992 sold out Wembley Stadium. And I think like for me to, to add to my own body of work, to be able to do that with Becky Lynch, in front of over 20,000 people in a sold out arena in Toronto, um, representing the Hart family, women's wrestling, uh, Becky, you know, on the high of her career. It was so cool. And like that, that match really complimented just both of us. And it was just, it was one of my favorite matches. Mike thing again. There we go. I <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it. Transition. Um, Sid, how quickly does she go into the Hall of Fame? How quickly does Natalia go into WWE's rarefied air of legendary people? I mean, there is so much that she has done that I think gets overlooked that doesn't get the same type of um oh like like the, the, she is such a fundamental part of everything that goes on in WWE with the women. She's really a locker room leader. Like when you think about like The Undertaker or Roman Reigns over the last couple of weeks, couple of years, you have to put Natalia in that conversation when it comes to the women's competitors, you know, whether it was the Total Divas era into what we have today with the four horsewomen with the Oscars of the world. I don't think any of them would have the path that they have gone on without Natalia. Natalia deserves a whole lot of credit. Uh, she she really followed in the footsteps of you know the performers before her like Beth Phoenix and Mickey James and has really made her foothold. So I would say I was a within a year of her finally you know hanging up the boot, she would be in the Hall of Fame. She walks out of the ring in her final match, put the ring on her finger right there. That's the I think she's one of those people that I say make that I I want to see that happen for somebody who's, who's given their life also. I mean, she did wrestle around the world before she got to WWE. She did Shimmer. She did Japan. She she did all those things. But her name is synonymous with WWE when you really, really think about it. And and yes. also everything. But none of that really happens without her. I mean, everyone talks about the Bellas and different stuff like that. But the Total Divas thing was such a big thing for women to kind of come into wrestling and say, like, all of the fun, catty gossip stuff that you like about reality television is here. And now, now watch these people be legitimate. And you can enjoy them as reality TV figures and as pro wrestlers. And uh, she was a big part of that bridge of, like, yeah. she's a legitimate wrestler. She has a legitimate background. She's a heart. And then at the same time, if you're just, like, a pop music fan who comes into wrestling and just wants a little sizzle, she was always that, too. She was very much a cross-aisle wrestler. If you were a hardcore fan, you liked her. If you were a casual fan, you could always appreciate her or at least boo her, too. You know, that's hey, that's part of it, though. You're doing your job. Uh, so that's why I always appreciate her. And for me, that's first ballot Hall of Famer. She's made so many people 
you know, like she's, she's made so many people and, uh, and outside of it, just like a secondary character when she did the heart dynasty, that was great stuff too. So, yeah, she's, uh, she's done it. All. She's done it all. She deserves a whole lot of credit. Um, we should note because we already have talked about the big, uh, Peacock deal, but as we're filming this, uh, WWE is having their major, uh, conference call. And speaking of, you know, we talked about pay-per-views, uh, scoop. Being, being big, uh, Sean Rossap of Fightful just tweeted that uh, Nick Khan says that the viewership of WWE pay-per-views are up drastically on Peacock over the w- over the WWE network, and some are ranging to 20 to 40% up. He also notes that uh, how much better the merchandise sales are at live events upon the return to touring and the, the last time they were in these particular cities. He also says the, the WWE live event in, in Louisville at the the Yum Center was the highest grossing of any of the WWE nine events there. And he also noted that WWE sees an opening on the sports calendar and with uh, some openings they are using to implement implement future Saturday pay-per-views. I know a lot of people has been asking, you know, why they're doing SummerSlam on Saturday this year, but he says that this is now an open concept and they might do it in the future, more Saturday pay-per-views, which is always beneficial for our viewers, our listeners in the UK. I know. They're oh, they love it. They that. love that. Cause there's been a lot of them. I, I have friends over in the UK, shout out to the ministry of slam down in Bournemouth. Uh, you know, and I got family in Ireland as well. Uh, and wrestling buddies over there and it's always an issue is oh, i love it but it's up really late uh, but if you do it saturday night oh you're asking me to stay up sunday morning sure 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 no problem. Uh, like that, that works out I, I i feel it uh interesting stuff that we get that thank you for the for the catch there before we, we sign off here uh it makes sense we were just talking about the 50 million subscribers there's a lot of people that are probably lapsed wrestling fans you know a lot of people that just watch the pay-per-view you know, and and there's nothing wrong with that, like because you're getting the payoffs then, like you're getting all the big turns, you know. Um, so I like there's some of those people that just watched the series finale of a show, like what was what was the season finale, you know, like and and that lines up with the way people watch a lot of different television now too. Um, but this is also live appointment television, you know, the big stuff is going to happen on these shows, and and also it's it's of good value. Ten dollars, yeah. and you, and then on the top of it, you're getting all that other stuff. You're getting the Olympics. You're getting every episode of SNL. I, I, if Peacock can figure out the live play issue, the interface issues, then I think it's all settled. And also, it's worth noting when WWE Network started in 2014, there were a bunch of technical problems with it, Indeed. and there were a bunch of different things with it. It's also worth noting WWE's working with an outside partner on this, a partner they've worked with for 30, 40 years, but still like it's it, it's a there's a lot of uh, different issues with that and i don't think it'll be any different you know if AEW has to do that with uh, hbo max or someone else no live element on hbo max either so you do get that you get the duality of live and on demand which i think is really good uh and it's great to see the live numbers too i talked to some um fans who went to house shows in the last week and they say the crowds are loud and fun shows aren't super sold out i went to i talked to a friend of mine who went to pittsburgh and said yeah. it was about 75% full, but they just brought everyone down from the third tier and, and filled out the seats. Exactly. Yeah. And they said it was a great show. John Cena wrestling house shows. Like if you're come on, dude. And and also like doing six man tags, baby faces, all the classic stuff. I mean, we can worry about the COVID restrictions that are on the horizon here again. Uh, but this is still a good time for wrestling. And I think we should savor that all around. You know, AEW back, all the good, everyone lighting a fire under their ass. What's WWE going to do? How quickly is the rock going to come back? It's a good time to be a wrestling fan, man. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Indeed. 
All right, we will be uh, back with the throw of it here. You can check him out on all the different things you're doing. Get your plugs in for all the other websites you work for. Uh, You can check me out over on the True Heel Heat YouTube channel. Every single Saturday, our weekly podcast with myself, Miss Chrissy Love, Top Guy JJ, a whole bunch of great content from the whole True Heel Heat gang. So go over there and subscribe to that channel. Every single Wednesday, I'm over on Wrestling Daily YouTube channel with Alex McCarthy talking about the latest in the wrestling news. We do a debate every single Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 8 p.m. BST. I like the debates. I, I love the debate. I love the friction. That's you and I, you and I have gone back and forth. You love the friction, baby. The friction. <laughs> also, Powered 4 TV YouTube channel every Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. BST with John Scott. And you can see me right here on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel every month with the pay-per-view previews coming up. SummerSlam preview. It's a big one. We got Dutch Mantel and Kenny Bolin with me in the middle. I think I'm going to get eat alive by those two legends as we preview SummerSlam and then of course every single Wednesday following SmackDown on Smack Talk with Dutch Mantel and Rick Eugenio. Love it dude. You are a smart at arms dude. You're a smart at arms. Gotta love it. You can check me out on the radio on 97.7 QLZ in Springfield and the 104.9 The X in Rockford Middays. You can stream them anywhere on the Odyssey app. Uh, the links are up on my Twitter at Kev Kellum, uh, rock music, having fun. Going to be at Foo Fighters, going to wear my mask, and I'm going to take about four tests uh, for COVID after, after that, too. So all of that good stuff. Uh, everything moving along here. I'll also be involved with AAW. They have a big event coming up, Savages and Kings. I'll be reporting backstage for them. Eddie Kingston returning to AAW. Uh, you can find out more about them at aawpro.com. Uh, I believe we are almost sold out for our show all out weekend, the Thursday before. For all out, we'll be running the Logan Square Auditorium for AAW Destination. Go get your tickets at aawpro.com. You can also order the live fight TV pay per views, as are including Savages and Kings coming up here in just a few weeks. I believe it's uh, almost next weekend, if I'm, if I'm correct on that date. Very nice. Thank you guys so much for supporting the channel. You've been with us for an hour. And remember, when watching wrestling and you're debating and you're arguing and subscribers and this and that and that, put on your mask, get your jibby jab in the arm. All right. And if your, your arm feels sore, Lay on the other side and pull up the peacock and just whatever. Just find nine, whatever year. All right. Just pick a number and watch wrestling from that year. And remember, most important thing to do, you're watching the wrestling. All right. All right. You got your little snacks and everything like that. Just calm down and do what, Sid? Enjoy wrestling, Vince. <laughs> you all, you, you don't do that. You pet peeve. All right, you pet peeve me right at the end. You you know how I don't like how people revert to Vincent Kennedy McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sid. First name Sid. I have a beef. Everyone at the end of the show, we're signing off. My beef is I don't like when wrestling fans refer to Vince McMahon by his first name as if they know him. So... Uh, and some of you smart asses have done this to me in person when you watch the show and then I see you at a wrestling show and you, and you walk by and you just yell Vince at me. <laughs> so if you get this going, I'm not going to be happy and I will sell it every single time. Enjoy wrestling. Say nothing else, Sid. Say nothing else. Enjoy wrestling. <laughs> <laughs>